What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these online digital worship experiences with your friends and family and the people that you know, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for liking and sharing. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for worshiping with us through your generosity. For those of you that are just starting to give by meeting our $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. You're allowing us to help more people, feed more people, love more people, and serve more people, and show our city that's hurting the hands and feet and the love of Jesus Christ. All right, so today we begin a brand new series entitled The Elephant Room. And in this new series, as we start this new year, this is what I want us to do. Each week in this series, I want us to take a different subject that most people, and especially most churches normally, just don't talk about it. And I want us to kind of talk about it because many times it creates tension it feels uncomfortable, and it can force us to see things differently, and so many times we avoid it. And so in this series, maybe let's not avoid it, and let's talk about the elephant in the room. And so each week in this series, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to talk about. Each different week in this series, we're just going to talk about a different elephant in the room type of subject, and so you're just going to have to find out or tune in to actually find out what it is. And so today, this is the first day of the first month of the brand new year, 2023. And so let's start off like this. Let's talk about something uncomfortable and then let's turn it around into something encouraging like we always do because God is love. And so today let's start off with this. And so this should be interesting. There's this thought that I really want us to zero in on today. There's this thought that I want us to focus on that should really, really make us think. And this thought that I want us to deal with today can actually help us see things in a few different ways. I actually think that it, it can help us, this one thought. I actually think it can help us overcome some struggles. I think this one thought that we focus in on today can help us overcome some excuses. I think it can help us recognize in some different areas in our life where we need to make and fight for some positive changes. I think this one thought can also help us recognize when we're manipulating other people and also when other people are manipulating us. And so honestly today, I think this can be very, very important for you and me. I think this can be very important for all of us. But first, <clears throat> let me point this out to you. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus is telling these stories. They're called parables. And he's using these stories to help people understand the heart of God and the love of God the Father. And especially for those people that know that they need to start over in a certain area of their life. And so Jesus is telling these parables, these stories, especially for those people that know they have to start over in a certain area of their life, which many people right now are thinking about as we start this brand new year. And so we know this story to be the story of the prodigal son or the lost son. And this story goes like this. There's a father who has an older son and a younger son. And one day the younger son goes to the father and he tells his father, I want my inheritance. I want my money right now. I don't want to wait till you pass away. I don't want to wait till then. I want all of it right now. And so the father reluctantly gives him his inheritance. The younger son takes the inheritance. The older son does not. He makes the right decision. He stays. The younger son takes the inheritance 
And the text says that he spends it all on wild living. He loses everything. He hits rock bottom. He finds, uh, he finds a, a herd of pigs to eat with and to sleep with. And then one day he comes to his senses and he tells himself, I need to go back home to my father, back to my father's house. I'm not good enough to be a son anymore. But maybe if I go back home to my father's house, he will welcome me back as a servant or as a slave. And at least I could live in the slave quarters and have some food to eat, maybe I can go back and just be a servant. And so as soon as the younger son returns home, this is what the younger son says. This is what happens. And so we pick up today in Luke chapter 15, starting in verses 20 through 24. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with loving compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, and this is so key, and this is what I want us to focus in on today. Father, I have sinned or violated against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the calf that we've been fattening, for we must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. But I want you to notice what the younger son says to his father in verse 21. He says, I have sinned against. So that word sin means violated. I have violated against. Father... I have hurt you, but I have not only hurt you, I have violated against heaven in my life. Now, when he says heaven, this is what he means. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. It means he has violated against. He has went against integrity, responsibility, wisdom, character, his faith. And all of this is God's will. So not only, he says, not only, Father, did I hurt you and my family, not only did I violate against you and my family and the life that y'all want for me, but I also violated against the life that God's will and heaven wants for me, the life that integrity and faith and love and character wants for me. So right away, notice what the younger son did not do. He did not try to justify his behavior by calling it a personality trait that needed to be accepted and understood and tolerated by the other people in his life if they really love him. No, he understood that this was not some personality trait that needed to be tolerated and understood by others, but rather, notice this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. This was a series of bad decisions and a character flaw that needed to be changed so he wouldn't hurt others. And I think this is very important for us to look at as we start the new year, this uncomfortable elephant in the room. And also notice how Jesus puts it. And this kind of opens our eyes to this. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any one of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, deny your own way, take up your cross and follow me. So Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then you need to deny your own self, deny your own life, take up your cross, take up your struggle, struggles and follow me. Now, this is how I was taught to understand that verse. I was taught that everything, everything about my life, everything about myself, everything about my heart, 
Everything about my emotions, everything about my feelings was totally bad and wrong and broken and sinful. And I needed to deny everything about myself and follow Jesus and become a completely different person so the world can see how different I am before Jesus and then after Jesus. But to be honest with you, I don't think that's true at all. I don't think that's what that verse means. And I'll tell you why. Because this is what I've learned about myself and this is what I've learned about God. There's this beautiful side to my life. And then there's the darker side to me that still struggles with so many things. There are certain parts of my life or certain parts of myself that God wants me to embrace and God can use in this world that's not all sinful and not all messed up. And these parts of me make me me. It makes me who I am. And these parts of me have always been a part of me. Even before I follow Jesus, there's the intimate part of me. There's the poetic and creative part of me. There's the determined and radical part of me. There's the emotional and compassionate part of me. There's the consistent part of me. There's the part of me that's very introverted and shy. And so because of that, I think deeply about life and about this world. And Jesus does not want me to deny those parts of me. This is what makes me, me. And God made me to be me and he made you to be you. But then there's the darker and the uglier side of myself. There's the bitter and the revengeful side of me. There's the selfish and the prideful side of me. There's the lazy and the negative and the impatient and the impulsive side of me. And so when Jesus says to deny yourself, this is the part of yourself that he wants you to deny. This was the part of yourself that he was talking about. And the reason why he wants you to deny this part of yourself is because this is a part of your life that can create pain in this world, especially for other people. And so notice this this morning. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. By the way, this is a great way to start the new year. It's difficult for this world to find our faith compelling if our life is causing other people pain. So not every part of you needs to be denied, but the flip side of that is also true. Not every part of you needs to be justified either. So the question is again, what should make our life as people who love Jesus compelling and different from this world? What as Christians should cause this world to see us as peculiar people who stand out well let's make this simple something or someone is considered strange or peculiar when they do something or they act or they react in such a way that's completely unexpected think about Jesus Christ on the cross think about the arrest the embarrassment the torture the pain the denial Think about all the pain that Jesus Christ went through on the cross right before they murdered him in public in the most excruciating, painful way to die. And then from the cross, Jesus prays and says something shocking and peculiar. And the reason why it was shocking and peculiar is because it was unexpected. When people hurt you, you're expected to hurt them back. Fight back, get angry, get bitter, lose your cool, lash out. But notice what Jesus says and does instead. Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. The prayer of Jesus for the very people that hurt him, violated him, brutalized him, and would eventually murder, murder him was so different and strange and peculiar, and it was extremely unexpected. It was simply and quickly humility 
and forgiveness. It's a shocking and compelling, peculiar act of love when you offer forgiveness to someone who's hurt you. But also remember this today. If you're still with me, so I'm still with you. This was not only an act of forgiveness, but it was also an act of humility. It takes radical self-awareness and radical humility to bring your emotions and your reactions and your impulses under control. And that's exactly what Christ did in this moment. So let's, th- let's make this a little bit more clear so we can deal with this issue. Have you ever heard or said or thought as the case is being built to justify making a bad decision or to justify a bad habit or a bad pattern that may not be all that justifiable. Have you ever heard or said or thought? This is kind of normal. So many other people have went through this and have done this. Not many people would blame me, but what if I don't get this chance again? This is just who I am. This is just my personality. No one tries to understand me. If more people would try to understand me, let me tell you where statements like this come from. It comes from this idea that whatever it is that's going on in your life that's causing you tension with others, hurt with others, heartache with others, whatever it is that's going on in your life that's causing you breakdowns emotionally and mentally, breakdowns emotionally and mentally onto other people, whatever it is in your life that's causing you to have disruptions in your harmony with other people, that these are just personality traits that need to be accepted and understood and tolerated if people really, really loved you. And the reason it causes problems is because of this, and notice this today. You have convinced yourself that these personality traits need to be tolerated, accepted, and understood if the people in your life really love you. But the problem is this. Once you convince yourself of that, then this is true. Notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. You make the other people in your life feel guilty for being hurt after you have hurt them. Not every part of our life or choices that we make are defendable. The youngest son did not come home and say, Dad, you just don't try to understand me or get me. You just don't try to understand why I am this way. You just don't get me. You must not love me for me. No, he didn't say that. He said, I messed up. I hurt you. I hurt the family. And I hurt God's will and heaven's will for my life. And so I am making some changes. And so that all leads me to this one big idea, this one big thought as we start the new year. And this is what it is. And remember this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Notice this. Some things about us are not personality traits that need to be accepted and tolerated. Some things are just character flaws that need to be changed. Not everyone in your life that you have tensions and breakdowns with is not loving you properly or not trying to understand you. Sometimes what you and I have written off as personality traits that need to be accepted by other people because we really don't want to put forth the effort to change is really just character weaknesses in our life that need to be transformed and changed. Here's another thought. Remember this today. We will always have pain in our life when we push the other people in our life to change about them what we demand they tolerate about us. Hello. 
with God's grace and with God's love, it's a very peaceful thing to finally get to this place in your life where you can say in humility, this is something about my life that I need to change. And I absolutely, because of my faith in God, will make that change in my life. When you and I harbor and hold on to anger, hurt, bitterness and unforgiveness for for other people doing the same things to us that we have done to other people what's holy about that what's peculiar and different and loving about that what's compelling about that nothing my life will never get this world's attention unless my life is a compelling life and humility is always always compelling thank you so very much for hanging out with us today Thank you so very much for tuning in. We hope you have a great New Year's Day and we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful new year that's ahead of you. We love you. We cannot wait to see you back next week. And by the way, next week, we go back to two services, 9.30 and 11.15 in person. We love you. Have a wonderful week.